everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. It's great to be with you today. We got a lot of new listeners. Happy to have you. Welcome to the side of truth, baby. Let's get it started. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. All right, so we got a few things to talk about. They're all connected. Very important. So a lot of talk about Fed now. Uh, we got Jamie Dimon talking about the higher interest rates. Get ready to go to six, seven, and why they are intentionally destroying the economy, particularly commercial real estate and BlackRock and uh, uh, Blackstone are have they're they're implementing these shadowy lenders. Wait until you hear this. This is going to blow your socks off of how they are going to come in and the, the banks are setting these commercial real estate lenders up to fail. But before I get into that. And then we have FTX 2.0. This is unbelievable. Just absolutely incredible. So let's just go into it one by one. They're all connected as everything usually is. And what we do on this podcast is we connect the dots. We look at it from an apolitical point of view and we just tell you the truth and you use your critical thinking skills to come to your own conclusions. Point blank. Before we get started, subscribe to the John of the Kogan show, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the rumble channel. Let's get into it. So New, some speculation on Twitter over whether the Federal Reserve will launch its FedNow service, which is the inner bank uh, transaction services, not retail, but in between the banks, earlier than expected. And here's what it says on their website. I'll tell you how I interpret it, but here's what it says. Quote, this is on the Federal Reserve. Connie Thien, head of industry, industry relations for Federal Reserve Financial Services, will provide insight into the countdown to the FedNow service launch on Thursday, June 1st at 11.45 a.m. Pacific during transfer 2023. Now, I think this means that it's not being moved up. She's just simply giving a talk on June 1st to provide insights about the FedNow service that's going to launch July 1st. So maybe it's coming early because we have all these talks about the debt ceiling and how we're going to default. And, you know, the, the media is having a little frenzy over this because they want you to click. They want you to watch. Don't look away. Don't look away. We need to propagandize you. Please don't look at alternative media. Don't listen to Jonathan Kogan show. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Go listen to the BBC verify so you can have trustworthy pro elite news media that have your worst interests at heart. You understand? I know you understand, but maybe you're new here. So um, Jamie Dimon recently, which goes on the back of this, and then we're going to get into this, how this is all connected. This is absolutely crazy. On Bloomberg, this is a 59-second clip where he's telling people, which we've said on this podcast, they are intentionally destroying the economy. They are dismantling the system to bring in a new one. Okay? I know it's very hard to believe. I know that there's no way you ever thought in your whole life that the elites would want to hurt the peasants, but guess what? They do. They don't care about you. They care about their own wealth, their own interests, their own families, and becoming transhumanists. That's really all they care about. So here's what Jamie Dimon says, and then we'll talk about it. We're already seeing credit tightening up because, you know, the easiest way for a bank to retain capital is not to make the next loan. So I think you are going to see that. And I think everyone should be prepared for rates going higher from here. You know, that if that five percent is not enough in Fed funds, if I and I've been advising this to clients and banks, you should be prepared for six, seven. You should be prepared for on the 10 year bond. And I also feel this way. The Fed doesn't control the five or 10 year rate. They control the overnight rate. So while they've been raising the overnight rate, there's still too much liquidity in the system, which is why stocks are high. Bond spreads are still. You all talk about recession, not if we're. 
spreads. So I think there's a chance you're going to have rates go, ticking up and not to 3.78. I'm talking about 4.25, 4.5, 5, 6, hell, maybe even 7. I would be prepared for higher rates if I were someone. Whether it happens or not, we don't know, but you should be. So that sounds crazy, right? People are saying that, that we are on really the edge of the economy blowing up if you count the debt and how fast we've increased interest rates. We haven't seen it yet, but why would they want to do this? Why would they want to do this, right? You heard the phrase, you will own nothing. The real phrase is, you will own nothing. You have no privacy and you've never been happier. They took out that privacy part. So you'll hear, you'll own nothing and be happy by 2030. Well, how are they going to do that? How are they going to do that if you own real estate? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, Bloomberg has an interesting article, and then I'm going to shoot it over to George Gammer on the Rebel Capitalist channel to explain at least part of it. I wanted to play a longer clip of him explaining this, but I didn't want to keep you going for like seven minutes, so I, I even did it a little bit lower. But let's read this from Bloomberg. Your evening briefing, shadow lenders move in as banks retrench. Okay? Shadow lenders are circling commercial real estate, a large asset class that traditional banks and the bond market are increasingly avoiding, potentially forcing borrowers to pay a lot more. Regional banks are behind about 70% of U.S. commercial real estate loans. But last month's banking turmoil combined with rising loan defaults on troubled properties has burned small banks, prompting them to scale back. The other major source of liquidity for property owners, namely the bond market, where commercial real estate mortgages are packaged and sold as securities, has dried up too. Now, what happens exactly if the banks tell you, if you're going to, let's say you're going to do remodeling on, a, on a, your commercial real estate property, right? And let's say it's $10 million. And they go, okay, we're going to do it in, in installments of $2 million. We'll do five different installments. Here's $2 million, get started. So you get started. Here's the other $2 million, four. Now you're at $4 million. You need $10 million. And then all of a sudden this all happens and you go to get your next $2 million. You're in the middle of the, of the uh, remodeling and they go, we're not going to lend it to you. Sorry. Well, guess what? The bank then has a lien on that property to then take control over it if you can't pay. Okay, you're going to default on it. But the bank isn't really set up to manage a lot of properties, right? But Blackstone and BlackRock are. So perhaps they're in cahoots. Maybe the government, BlackRock, and all the big banks are all in, and it's one big party, and you ain't in it. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. And BlackRock and Blackstone scoop in, and they come and take the properties. And then here we go. The peasants own nothing, and you rent for the rest of your life. Here's George explaining it very well. I'm telling you, go listen to this full video. Here's a part of it. Yeah, the, the video is on the Rebel Capitalist channel, okay? And it's called I Expose BlackRock's New Scam. This is absolutely mind-blowing. I think this needs much more coverage. It just, just listen to this. This is mind-blowing. Is that black, these funds, these distressed funds that BlackRock and Blackstone are setting up, call them shadow banks or shadow lenders, let's say. They are not setting up just to give you a bridge loan because they want that, that loan as an asset on their balance sheet and they want to make the quick, you know, whatever, 10% or so. No, 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 no. They're doing this because they want the asset. So what they're doing is they're coming in and saying, okay, they know that real estate's going to crash. They know this. But they're going in and they're looking for all these people that get caught high and dry, all these borrowers saying, okay, we'll go ahead and we'll give you 
X amount of money just so you can complete the project, or we'll give you, let's say, 70% LTV. So you need 20 million. You've already received 5 million. So they'll give you the other 15, but they'll take the first lien on the property. So if you default on the 15, they get the asset. So what's happening here is they know that a lot of these borrowers are going to be in big trouble over the coming months or maybe the next year, let's say. And they also know that if they're going to go out and buy like a multifamily project, a, a apartment uh, project, let's say, they're, they're still going to pay a very high price. So if they can't get these projects on the open market, so in lieu of that, what they're doing is they're trying to find distressed borrowers, give them money, knowing, and then creating terms to where the borrower won't be able to pay them back. And then they take the asset at 50 cents on the dollar. You see, so they'll get, so they'll, let's say they go up front and say, we'll give you the 20 million, but they only give them 5 million. And then five million into it, they say, "Oh yeah, remember that that other fifteen million? Yeah, there's a clause in the contract that says that we can go ahead and stop the payments if we feel as though the market is unstable." And so then they'll say, "But in reality, they just know that they're giving them the five million. They're going to make the improvements, and if they don't give them the other fifteen, that they're going to get the asset." And that is the true intention. So they're setting these borrowers up to fail without the borrower knowing it because they want to try to get that asset on the cheap for 50 cents on the dollar because they know if they price that they're going to have to overpay for it. This is what's going on right now. And when you start, I mean, look, I know most of you didn't really like BlackRock or Blackstone to begin with, but you don't know the half of it. What, what you see and what has prompted you to not like Blackstone, BlackRock, or Larry Fink, trust me, that is the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole iceberg under the water. There's a whole 95% of that iceberg under the water that we don't even know about. That would take them from being just unethical to the, the shadiest mother effers that we have ever seen. <laughs> so do you understand how big of a deal that is? They are, these banks are intentionally giving loans to people who manage properties, knowing that they're not going to give them the full loan and that they won't be able to pay it off. And so therefore Blackstone then for the bank is going to get the property and then Blackstone and BlackRock will then purchase that for half the price and then they will have the asset. This is how BlackRock and perhaps Blackstone are gobbling up all the real estate from the peasants. This is the plan. This is nefarious. And the reason why he knows that is he has a whole community of like high net worth commercial real estate people and all this stuff. And they're saying this is what's going on right now in real time. But nobody's talking about it. But we talk about it on this podcast. Of course we talk about it on this podcast. I've been sharing episodes from months ago, almost a year ago, in current day, in May 2023, that are relevant now. People are just waking up. But we had that episode done like last September. And now they're going viral. Like last March. We talked about how the WEF said there will be a cyber attack. And how 
on a panel at the WEF, they said 89% of experts, experts, they're experts, say that there's going to be a catastrophic cyber attack in the next two years. Wow. How'd they know that? What happens yesterday? Oh, they're giving out satellite phones to the senators just in case there's some disruptive event. So I share that pocket. We already have it. If you're listening to the Jonathan Kogan show on pretty much a daily basis, you know what's going on. This is nothing new to you. If you're new here, welcome to realizing what's going to happen like literally months ahead of time. And no, we're not like, uh, uh, we can't see the future on this podcast. We just do research, due diligence. We are apolitical and we do not attach emotion to it. We just observe, we analyze objectively and we tell the truth. And guess what? The track record is there. It speaks for itself. So let's get one last topic on here. And then we're going to totally switch to, uh, I don't know how much you know about corporate equality index, 2022, the, or just the CEI, you know, you know about other stuff, but corporate equality index is very interesting. Before we get into that, did you know, cause I just want to keep you up to speed of what's going on. Here's a good one. FTX CEO, John Ray, the third confirms FTX 2.0 plans, baby. They're coming back. So he submits his timesheet every month where he makes like 1300 an hour. I believe he's owed like 270,000 just from his work last month. And in his timesheet, it says review term sheet for plan structuring exchange review 2.0 next step summary, uh, review next steps and comment on FTX restart review and finalize 2.0 reboot of exchange material. <laughs> and then emails regarding 2.0 communications and the 2.0 bidder list. So FTX, the most trustworthy exchange ever from an altruistic capitalist, absolute humanitarian, loves society, loves you more than life itself, Sam Bankman free. Okay. He's part of the same crew that's part of Bill Clinton, who's a part of uh, uh, just the whole Klaus Schwab, they're all connected. Okay. It's the same cabal of people who love you more than life itself, which isn't true. They hate you. They despise you. Why? I have no idea. I think you're fantastic, but they, they have a problem. They have a problem. They think that you are too much of a carbon footprint and you got to just get out of here. So moving on to this part, this was, uh, so Tulsi Gabbard was recently on PBD podcast, Patrick, Bet David. And at the end, you know, they've been a lot of people talking about George Soros recently. And we've shared clips about uh, on this podcast many months ago, how he was on 60 Minutes. And, you know, he told that he told everybody and laughed that, uh, you know, he helped uh, the Nazis uh, confiscate property from the Jews. By the way, I'm Jewish. I don't know uh, why criticizing George Soros makes you anti-Semitic. In fact, to even associate George Soros with Jewish people is terrible. OK, he is not a representation of the people. OK, at all, at all. So uh, how this is anti-Semitic, I have no idea. This is insane. Okay. I can, can I, can I make, can I call out Bill Gates and his agenda? Is that okay? Cause he's not Jewish, by the way, neither of them are any religion. They're probably all Satanist or something. Okay. They're just terrible human beings. All right. It has nothing to do with what they were born as, but he said he helped the Nazis round up the properties of the Jews. And he laughed. He laughed. Watch the 60 minutes interview, 1999 or 1998. Okay. He says it. They brag about it in front of your face. So PBD and other people have been talking about George Soros a lot lately. And like, what, why is he doing this? Why does Elon Musk come out and say that George Soros hates humanity? Why do all his, uh, why do all George Soros's tactics seem like he really does hate humanity? Putting serial killers back on the street to kill other people, right? It's like clobbering at currencies to destroy economies and livelihoods for peasants. Why is he doing this? It's a good question. We can't get inside of his head, but He's tied to so many things. His tentacles run so deep. I thought this was fascinating. Take a listen to this clip and then we'll get into the details. But 
they were showing how um how there's a lot of big brands that have a lot of uh uh, uh males or females that were males transgender uh wait, wait male people who were born male and now they're females uh uh represent the brand in female outfits okay and we have nothing to say about that on this podcast we don't care we don't care do what you like um, but it's just interesting how it's all happening at once. All of a sudden, all the big brands are doing it. It's just very strange. Very strange how every representation of female clothing now is from transgender. It's just strange. It just seems like it's, I don't know, part of a plan. Well, look at what PBD found. This is interesting. Take a listen to this clip. This increases their C score, their ESG score. Right. That's what this does. What, what is this? I'm familiar with DEI, ESG. Not, this is a new one now, CEI. What By the this? way, here's the craziest thing about CEI. CEI is a form of a DEI. You know, DEI is what? The equity, equity inclusive, inclusion. the whole thing. Uh, yeah. CEI is Corporate Equality Index. Corporate. And the ones that give the scores to them is a company called HRC. HRC stands for Human Rights Hillary Campaign. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, HRC, no, is, sorry. HRC is Human Rights Campaign. Here's the crazy part. You ready for this? Yeah. They got started in 84. You know who funds Human Rights Campaign? George Soros. It's funded by uh, Open Society Foundation. Okay. Do you know who runs Open Society Foundation? George Soros. George Soros. Oh, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, literally. And they come to your company and yeah. they measure the score. Only 20 people, 20 companies perfect score of 100 and they'll come back and say here's what you need to do to improve they have a whole structure by the way workforce protection five points possible no discrimination this is called the woke rating yeah it's called the woke rating <laughs> you've not seen this no yeah it's called the woke rating okay, Rob, that's not uh, a joke though this is as sincere as as as, as real as it gets rob i'm going to send this to your computer <laughs> oh this rob iphone or i'm going to send it to the uh your iphone just to show this and then we'll wrap up on this topic here mm. Uh, no, this is exactly how they are scoring uh, different companies' workforce protection. That gives you five points. Uh, inclusive benefits, 50 points. Criteria here includes providing health care for same-sex couples, uh, supporting an inclusive culture, 25 possible points, including gender-neutral dress codes and trans-inclusive restroom facilities policies. Number four is corporate social responsibility, 20 points. Marketing or advertising to LGBTQ consumers, which include Nike and Bud Light's use of transgender spokesperson Dylan Mulvaney. That's crazy. And then number five is responsible uh, citizenship, 25 points uh, deducted if a company yeah. gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBTQ uh, organizations, which is not defined, but could include Christian groups. Wow. wow. <laughs> Uh, 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 any final thoughts on this, uh, Tulsi? I'll give you the floor if you got anything. I want to. I want to. So, what do you think about that? You're telling me. You're really going to tell me with this all this proof we've shown in this podcast throughout the past year that the elites aren't conspiring against the peasants in some way to reshape society. You have Larry Fink uh, on TV saying we have to force behavior and we will force behavior. Otherwise, companies won't get any money, and they're all the major shareholders. You have Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street that are going ninety percent plus of the Fortune five hundred, and and then you got this whole monetary system collapsing, and then you got banks reneging their promises on giving commercial real estate 
to people and then BlackRock and Blackstone are going to scoop it up. And then we also have a motto that you own nothing and be happy. And you're telling me all this stuff is random and not connected. What? You have to be a moron. I mean, come on. This is crazy. I mean, we have enough here to indict all the elites, okay? And if the elites want to have wars and do all that stuff, they could do that until the end of time. Just do it on their own private property and leave the peasants alone. It's very straightforward. They could do whatever they want. They could steal from each other. They can play with each other's kids. They can, you know, play with their own kids. How, you know, they like to do that stuff. We don't do that on this podcast, okay? We are pro-human, okay? We are pro-protecting children. We are pro-love. We are pro-apolitical. We are just pro-peace, okay? They're the opposite. They're the antithesis of all that. They're pro-war, pro-death, pro-evil, just bad, bad. And they go on TV and people believe these people. They write articles and people read them. After the, the greatest hoax in humanity over the last three years, those same people are speaking and you're listening to what's coming out of their mouth? I mean, I, there's nothing I could do besides telling you to keep listening to Jonathan Kogan show. Share the Jonathan Kogan show with other peasants. We're going to take this movement to the top. This is the largest apolitical pro-peasant movement in the history of humanity. History. And that ain't going to change until we get our world back. Until we take Earth back. All right? So we got to do this together. We got to help one another. I'm trying my best to help you. Maybe we can work together. Maybe not. I don't know. We just want the best for the people, the people, the people. That's the whole point of this show. All right. I think that's all I got for today. Thank you so much for listening to John the Kogan show. I genuinely appreciate it. I hope you do something nice for someone today. I hope you say something nice to someone, say something nice to a stranger. Be like, Hey, I really like your shirt, you know, or maybe hold open a door for someone. And they say, thank you. And you say, you're welcome. That's how we take our world back. Okay. Kindness is key. All right. They don't want that. The elites don't want that. Okay. They want, they want a much angrier world. We don't want that. We want a happy world where people love one another. And that's what we're going to do. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening to Jonathan Kogan's show. Share this with two people. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye.